Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello there and welcome back to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on Sunday the 26th of November. An early Christmas miracle for you as the four of us are back on together. Must be the first time in about six months that that's happened, so enjoy it while it lasts. As I say, it's 26th of November. You join us on the weekend that saw Celtic draw one each with Motherwell at home. Thankfully, 24 hours later, that didn't result in any points dropped in the title race as Aberdeen held Rangers to a one-each draw. So aye, it's, it's been quite an eventful weekend, a wee bit to get through and we've obviously got that big Lazio game to look forward to as well. Andy, I'll come to you first. I was there yesterday and I'll put my cards on the table and now I was not impressed one bit. I thought Celtic were really, really poor. I thought it started brightly enough but I, I think Mullerwell didn't have much bother keeping us out for the most part of the game and I we got a bit like it for part. We scored very late on, and I, again a bit like for part. We conceded just after, but this time we didn't have that ninety seventh minute Matt O'Reilly get out of jail card. So I'll, we'll focus on our game first before we talk about the title. But what did, what did you make of yesterday, Andy? Aye, very similar. It was pretty dire performance. There was, as you say, you just didn't really feel what the goal was. The goal was coming. I know, obviously. We had we got the penalty, but it, it was maybe going to take something like that for us to score. Just didn't feel that we were creating it and sort of clear cut. The final ball was pretty pish. Struggling to find any player that would get pass marks type of thing. And I mean, it speaks for fucking banged on for long enough about the state of recruitment and the state that it's left us in. And I think you've seen that. Obviously, we've got a few injuries here and there, which we know and, and we would accept. Obviously, doesn't help things, but. Realistically, you're looking at your options in the bench when you're not playing great and you're you're trying to sort of get get a goal and win the game, and see it out, and you're having to turn to guys like Mikey Johnston, like me, him, him, but like that's we shouldn't be in this position. 
that, that that's what we're having to turn to. But the performance up to that point was was pish. It was I, I just don't know who gets past marks if anybody gets past marks at all. And we I think a, a draw was probably the fairest result to be entirely honest. We we didn't deserve to win, and I mean we all know how they turned up and played, but. That shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I don't think anybody can be shocked at how they've turned up and played. That's that was always going to happen. That's all teams are going to do when they come to Parkhead domestically. It's down to us to break them down. It's down to us to create chances to put the ball in the net. And, and we didn't do that. We didn't do it enough. So that's that's what it's come down to. I think the the squad does need no a complete overhaul. That's probably a bit heavy, but it needs investment. It needs it really does need quality. I think Roger said it fairly recently as well. It's quality over quantity, and you can see that we're, we're desperate for it. sort of game-changing players and players that can make things happen. We we just shouldn't be in in this position where we're dropping points so easily. As I say, Mother didn't create a lot of chances, if any other. Really, like Joe Hart didn't really get tested at all. I mean, he's made a bit of an the goal. A few players did, but ah yes even the, the subs as a whole were, were pretty poor i think tilly was well was i think we've sort of been forced into putting him in the bench i think he's probably still no ready like there's obviously been talk about him going out and loan in january and things like that like just being in that position is really don't the the board's mismanagement and, and, and that's sort of what's left us in that position and well i think we're just fortunate that rangers are fucking shite i think that's the reality that that we're not getting punished for for results and performances like that. I was the same as you, but then I wasn't happy at all. I just felt, I don't know what it was, because there's enough quality players on the park in that 11 to be gone and sort of comfortably dispatching a team at Motherwell, but it just, it was half. The performance was half. The performances have been off. There's been glimpses of quality. I don't think we've had a solid 90 minutes that I can remember, but there's been glimpses here and there of things clicking and sort of, you get hopeful. When you see things, obviously, off the back of pumping Aberdeen 6 now, you think, right, we might kick on here. Um, obviously, Yang gets a goal in that game, Palmer scores, O gets a couple, you think, right, we might kick on and put together a, a sort of string of performances that are consistent and good, and then we turn out with that shite, and it's problematic, but as I say, it's, people are, are probably tending to let it slide because if our title challengers, if you want to call them that, are fucking rotten and, and can't punish us that's essentially what it's done to we're just fortunate the position we're in that they're not very good that we can get away with that and, and we can throw a performance in like that and a performance in like the one we, we gave against Hibs like we're able to get away with that the new but aye things need to improve Dom absolutely I think last week when we were on I think it might have been Danny that described our season as a bit stop start and that, that's what it feels like we're obviously in a great position in the league but as I said at start after I think we just get completely let off with one yesterday and I agree with you completely. I've said that multiple people is the fact that that mob across the city are just like they've got they're just that much inferior to us that I, I still even yesterday and when I felt really angry about how we played and the state of the squad and things like that, I still still maintain to people that I, I thought would still win the league quite comfortably because I just don't think they're up to much. But it's the fact that they just you mentioned that the board sort of just, I feel like they're letting us like possibly sleepwalking into another disaster. And it sort of did feel like that after yesterday. Like you say, you're looking at guys like Mikey Johnson off the bench, Tilio, who's like 94th minute substitute that you're gaining his debut. It's just, it's, 
the squad's just in a really poor state at the moment and I know we're missing players like Abada, Hatati, Maeda and a few others. Like it's I think the squad's completely bloated and we have got a massive squad, but the worst thing about it is there's probably about twenty players in it that are just either completely average or no good enough for us and it's alright saying come January you need to go and splash the cash, which I, I agree with, but it's just this, the squad's massive at the moment and it's getting rid of players at the same time. But I think Motherwell set a stall out very early about how they were going to play yesterday. I think they must have started time-wasting in the warm-up way how how good they were at it. Like, I, I know teams at Celtic Park are really bad for it, but it was it was really evident how in, uninterested they were in playing football or Again, as any sort of game, but that, that's up to us to break it down. I thought they sort of got away with one. I think it was Slattery went in with what, what looked to me a clear elbow on Greg Taylor about 10 15 minutes in, and it was only deemed a yellow card despite the linesman being about five feet away. But I, I, yeah, again, we've, you've just got to contend with it, and it's up to us to break it down. I think we're struggling at the moment. We haven't players that will break teams down when you have got that 11 men behind the ball, like I think the lackey Aaron Moy who was able to find that sort of pass last season and even two seasons ago when you had guys like Rogic as well. Jota, you're, you're missing his sort of taking on a man. I thought the wingers yesterday were pretty poor. Like I know Palma had sort of, I was surprised he started because he'd only just arrived back in the country, but I thought he was decent and for the, possibly the first 20, 30 minutes, but just sort of fell out the game. But Yang, after all, he's good work against... Aberdeen, I just thought he was so ineffective yesterday and uh, it wasn't just him, it was the full right-hand side. Him and Ralston were both, I thought, extremely poor. I don't think they beat the first man at any point. They didn't seem to get any joy at all. And uh, I, was, I was stunned that Yang actually lasted till the injury time before he was taking off. And I think he was only taking off because he sort of pulled up and signalled to the bench. It was quite incredible to me that he did last. But I into the second half again, I just didn't think we were... We created much with a few, like I mentioned Jang, he had a great header that he should have done better with. A great chance from a header even, but it's just, you then, like to miss the first penalty, it's just, it seems like, like I know, I've seen Gigpod putting on Instagram, they were at the post-match press conference and Roger says it was something he was aware of, that like, our poor conversion rate from penalties. Well, he was aware of it before he rejoined, like so it, it, it seemed incredible the amount that we miss. And obviously Palmer's ones saved by the Motherwell keeper, which is, is unfortunate. But we kept going and then rightly so got another penalty and fair play Tumble stepped up and put it away nicely. And then for me it's just it's completely unprofessional that we couldn't hold the lead for five minutes. The game management was absolutely terrible and the goal we conceded was piss poor. Like I think fair enough you can see the corner, but we've got a team that should be able to defend that one corner in that time and for just it's exactly where your defender should be. It's sort of floated into the six-yard box and Rickles is nowhere, Ralston's nowhere, Scales is nowhere, and Greg Taylor somehow, like who's probably, Taylor's obviously one of your smallest players and he's Martin John Obika, who's one of Motherwell's biggest ones, and Joe Hart's sort of missing in action again, and there's a lot of support there already. He wanted Joe Hart replaced, and I don't think he'd done himself any favours with that goal as well, and I am just, I was a bit scurred with it. Uh, yesterday, obviously the day we they see that it didn't do any sort of major damage to title hopes, but again, I think that's a bit beside the point, and I think there's major issues that we need to address at this point. I know I've sort of ranted for a bit there, but Danny, I'll bring you in. I, I know you were, I think you were slightly more positive on 
no positive, but just not as downbeat as some of us were yesterday. How, what did you make? Yesterday was really disappointing, wasn't it? I don't want to sound like Neil Lennon, but it was bitterly disappointing. <laughs> 41st 30 minutes, they were really good. I thought they started really brightly. Probably should have been 2 not up. O'Reilly missed a good chance and then they nearly scored an OG, but we didn't get the goal. And then you kind of gave Motherwell something to hang on to. Start thinking, no, we're going to see it out. Get, let's get it off time. Kind of optimistic, I think we'll come out in the second half. Oh, we need to days up at 5-10%. We'll get that, you know, push on, get another, and then we'll we'll get three points. Pressure on them heading to Aberdeen the next day. But second half, they just reverted a wee bit and they just never really created it. I know Yang missed a with the heat and there was a few kind of openings where it should have, we should have done better. But we never paid a goal. Kelly never really did save to make in the second half. And they just never, like, didn't they go at it as, as kind of the way I thought they would? We thought they'd be desperately chasing a goal. The first penalty is always got a tap in. Um, he should have been sent off. I know they did the whole jeopardy thing, but I think it wasn't a genuine attempt to play the ball. Always about to score, and he's like two years out. I don't know how the boys died in the park. And then Palmer, the starter, I said in the group chat, I thought it was going to cost us, but I just don't like when folk take penalties like that. I just run up and smack it. And we've seen every issue with penalties. I heard wrong. After the game, said Palmer changed his mind for about where he was going because he'd been hitting him to the other corner the whole week in training. I think he hit his last one there, and I think that's why Kelly went there. I don't think he went for any other reason. And just like then he took, took Link Yogo off, and I thought it was the worst substitution I've ever seen a Celtic manager make. Chasing a goal, day two should always be in the park. And we got another penalty, and I know we're go, you're going to sound like we've been going on about penalties and, and whatever right but how that was narrowed Kelt is just fucking mental like if you'd have been sent off for stupidity because Johnson's getting nailed the ball and he's just grabbed him for the sake of it and again I think he's a good but limited player no vital to the team because I think if you go and sign a better player you kind of don't really miss what Turnbull Apart from the fact that it seems to have a bit of fucking dig about him and can hit a penalty. And then I just you just need to see you at a corner and, and you're away, but you get away with it. We didn't. I was really disappointed in the goal that we lost. Ha like keepers do this in the world and I, I see it all the time. They they let themselves in. I, I don't know why. I don't know why he just doesn't step out the road and can make his way around the players so he's in front of them and he can come out and catch it. Or it's that stupid star jump thing, trying to put the boy off. I don't know why Taylor's marking him. The only thing I was proper pissed off about the goal was the fact that Taylor was marking their biggest player. Vickers and O and Scales were like nowhere to be seen. That was the only thing that really kind of miffed me about it. And then I didn't think we were going to score. The 10 minutes that we got, I didn't think for a second that we were going to catch a goal because we hadn't looked like it the whole game. We were quite poor. And Apart from the first half now, sorry. I just, I mean, off the hook the day, but really we should be another two points in front of them and saying to ourselves that, you know, the league's as good as no man, but them having a game in Holland, they could take it down to, I think, eight, eight or nine points, but, or seven points, sorry, but we should be even further in front of them. And it's, it is opportunity for us. I know they'll talk about it as a missed opportunity for them because they knew the outcome of your result. We really should have been winning yesterday, putting them under pressure and we didn't. And we let them up. The, the points that we've dropped this season, I mean, Hibs away has been notoriously tough for us anyway. 
at the two games at home are in Motherwell and St Johnston. And they're the two teams that were in the worst form at the time of the game. It's just fucking mistakes like that. I said last week it was stop start, but it's just silly stuff like that happening. St Johnston had just been humped after Sterling Albion at home or something in the League Cup. They come to Park keep getting on his well, they've not won a game since August. I think they've got two points in the last nine games. They come to Park away with a draw, and it's just they're the results. You know, these are games we should, you know, hammering these teams and we'll know. And if we keep throwing in stupid results like that, you do just hand encouragement to the other side of the city, and you know, thankfully they're shite. But just, I don't know. It's like Parkhead—that's got to be a home banker. You know, we need to start turning these. And the fact that teams have got a kind of plan just to come and sit, take their chance that we'll miss a few sitters, because we seem to need tons of chances to score a goal. So if you'd have done this last night, the would have been probably. Probably a lot of cussing and swearing, but it seems to be a wee bit calmer now, I would say, Dan. But aye, last, last night, as you say, I wasn't, but I just I couldn't be bored shouting in the same void that everybody else was screaming at, because we all what needs to happen at Celtic in January. And, you know, the, man, hopefully, the, the manager knows, but hopefully he's getting that message across as well. And hopefully performances like yesterday will show what, what's needed. I definitely, and as you say, I think you're right to mention, like it's alright saying they will see it as a missed opportunity because they knew a result, but at the same time, I think that's twice now, yesterday in Easter Road, where we could have stretched the gap to double figures, and obviously there have been games in hand in play, but it's just, again, it does feel like two missed opportunities that we've not taken advantage of that, and that is just, like like you say, well, no overreacting, it might have been a bit different if we had recorded about this time yesterday, but I think we are relatively calm at the moment, but the way you test that is to bring Tony in. Tony, you're up during certain seasons you were infamous for your ranting at poor performances, so where did that sort of rank yesterday? To be fair, at least for this one, I was at the game and I was steaming, so it kind of softened the blow a bit. I was dreadful. We couldn't, I mean, just couldn't really get going. Our penalties are just abysmal. You've seen Palma absolutely lacing one in against Aberdeen. He thought... Was it Aberdeen scored against? I think it was. But whenever he scored, and you think, right, that's it, we've got a penalty taker. And then he misses his next one, which is really irritating. I think I think a draw was a fair result. The goal we concede is pretty hopeless, to be honest. It's why is Taylor marking their biggest player? I mean, who, whose decision was that? It's just, it's just dead stupid, really. <laughs> and then Joe Hart's just kind of flapping. He's doing his kind of star jump that he usually does. He's actually not anywhere near the ball. I mean, I think there's just something not quite right about the club then now. Obviously, the board are getting a bit of stick, then a lot of people supporting them. There's just, you don't want to be negative about them, but then there's other people that are just, they can't criticise us at all because of this fear that the Huns are going to pick up on it and they're going to go, oh, the, the Huns are laughing at us, let's no, let's no say anything bad about Celtic. I don't like they, they, they're going to go bust and we'll just, oh, don't, everything's happy with us. Look at the money we've got in the bank as opposed to going, there is an issue at the club, the board are an issue, they're a clear and obvious issue. The atmosphere yesterday was as bad as I've ever seen it. Motherwell out sang us for 90 minutes. The Green Brigade should be let back in immediately and hopefully the boys will follow. I don't know why the board are digging their heels in, I don't know what it is they actually hope to achieve. At the minute they've achieved, they're achieving absolutely nothing. I'm not saying if the Green Brigade were in, they'd have won the game, but it would certainly have added to the atmosphere and potentially have spurred the team on. And you've got Rod Stewart, like I, I don't mind Rod Stewart 
gain a bit back, I guess he's entitled to that, but then I see your fans kind of clamouring over themselves to defend him and defend his support of the Tories and all these different things, and I'm going... But why are you batting for him against the Green Brigade? I, I just find that a wee bit baffling. It's just, just I don't know, I think the club seems a wee bit divided now. I think, as I've said before, a lot of fans don't like the Green Brigade and they think that the Green Brigade, or the Green Brigade think that they speak for everybody, which just isn't the case. But I think we've had this argument a million times. Them drawing the day just kind of sums them up. I mean, an absolute ideal opportunity for them to crank up the pressure on us while we're all kind of a wee bit on edge in the they draw, which is pretty pitiful against a team we beat 6-0 I know they obviously think that Aberdeen just lied into us and somehow become superheroes against them but that's not really really how it works so we got away with one big time the squad's far far for good enough I mean no harm to Mikey Johnson I wish him all the best in his career can be at Celtic Greg Taylor's starting to become a bit of a, a liability Tilio didn't really look up too much but I don't want to judge him too badly it's just there's just something something just no right Ralston I don't think is a particularly good player either they've all done their bit and credit to them but if we're serious which I don't think we are about being a kind of a European club that can compete we need, we need to improve the squad but I think January will be a disappointment why Why we're talking about the January window to improve the squad and key positions like goalkeeper when we all knew we needed improvement to take us up another notch in summer and we fucked about and made a total arse of it we get rid of one of our best players Jota get rid of Starfield Moy We've not really brought in a lot of quality. I mean, off the top of my head, the only real quality we can go up is a good sign is Palmer. Yang, so-so, he'll probably get there. Naroki, Lagerbelka, nowhere to be seen. Quan, don't think he'll ever be seen again. I think there's other ones, but I, I forgot them nearly. Bernardo, again, strange. One minute's playing against Atletico Madrid, next minute kind of get a look in. I just, I don't, I, don't, I don't really get it. The whole season's been confusing. We've come up with some brilliant performances, some unbelievable away wins, and then served up some utter garbage like the St. Johnson game and then that yesterday. So I don't I don't worry Gwen and Brendan. I, obviously I'm a, I'm a massive fan. I think he's a very good manager, but I think I still just I don't know we're hearting back to the summer. I just I don't know why we brought him back, not to give him proper good players. So January's massive but I don't see us doing a lot of business or splashing the cash. But the seventy million in the bank means absolutely nothing to me. I don't really care about finance I think there's this obsession with us being financially astute just because the, the Huntsman bust 11 years ago and because they totally made an ass of their finances. If Celtic go and spend £20 million in January, they're not going to go bust. They can still slag Rangers fans and say their club died and all that stuff. But I think there's just this desperation to look at their finances and look at ours. Well, I, would, I just want to see investment in the park. And you look at when we have splashed the cash. I've made this point before. Jota, we paid good money for we get £25 million. Edward paid good money for We get a return on him. Dembele, we didn't pay much money, of course, for him. But you get a return. But if you invest in proper good players, you make money out of it. It's just this kind of saving money. It's just the whole thing's just a bit mental, to be honest. Bye, I know Danny wants to come in, so on you go. Tony, I, I agree with what you said there. It was just when you are talking at the minute between a lot of the, the support club. And you're right when you say there's some people who can't see by the club. And I, I, I was howling yesterday seeing folk defend Rod Stewart's voting record or whatever, at least political tendencies. Just was he promotes the club worldwide in his own wee way, uh, like you know as if the other fucking Celtic fan doesn't promote the club in any way that they can. But with the the backing that the team got walking into the stadium yesterday, and then what during the game and that, and at the end of the game, it's just how are they both winning? with the situation that's happening at the minute. When you're getting out 
the Green Brigade being banned and obviously by by association the boys have decided they're not going either, which is completely up to them. But what are they, what are they getting out of this? How are they winning out in this? UEFA will find any fucking to find as anyway. So what are they what are they getting out of all this? It's it's just pathetic. And the longer the Celtic board don't just fucking wisen up and get their act together, the longer stuff like this happens. Because we every time on I can I'm trying every under Rogers, I think when they've banned the Green Brigade or there's been tension, we, we did rap points them or we don't win a game. And it's just laughable that you've got people that up in the the AGM the other day and the way that some points were covered on that about the Green Brigade and you know you've got folk making out like right a folk are against the Green Brigade and then you get people that were there saying actually it was the other way about and then and it ensues because fucking Nicholson and Law both say penalty to Rangers or something like that. So like the mentality of some Celtic fans and apparently these people with the AGM pay their money, fair enough. But they're still happening on thirty years later and I they all stepped up when it mattered and that's great. And thanks very much for that because, you know, we do have the eternal fucking bragging rights for the rivals that they did in the day similar ten years ago. But that was thirty years ago. And as you say, Tori could spend twenty million in January and no fucking feel a dent in it. But they're laws out talking about any fucking situation, which is just if we've got seventy million in the bank, we must have made money somehow so we could fucking spend it. And did they just like I think that's why I wasn't I was a bit numb to it. Like I said to you last night, they don't surprise me now when we throw these wobblers in because we've been doing it kind of every couple of weeks or see The club just turned the serious. They, they want to talk about being in the Champions League, they want to talk about being the best at what they do, but they throw the manager into the Champions League. Like, like they've got a Champions League calibre manager who's fucking went and he's been successful with us before and then he's went away and he was successful at a kind of provincial club like Leicester. He's come back to us and we're sending him into the Champions League with fucking like inexperienced players for different continents who have not even adapted to the Scottish game, never mind the European. And then you're sitting saying to him, well, like, you've got to, you've got to make the best of that. Like, it's a fucking... Like, we're still undefeated in the league, right? Which is, you're talking about... If we're talking about an all-invincible season, but I don't think anybody can fucking see that far enough at the minute. But, like, what, I don't see what the board are. How are they winning at the minute? Like, are they just... What are they stopping? You know, what, what is their plan? Because when you talk about the EGM, we'll say it's a success and the club are run well, but in what, what fucking state are we run well? The youth team fucking shambles. There's jobs for the boys there. You've got Darna Dane McManus in there who probably shouldn't be there. And yet we're, we're losing out young boys to different clubs every year. And it's rosy because there's this big figure of money in the bank. Well, what's that money going to do? I know what you mean. It's that, that EGM just piss me off as well as you say you've, I don't know if there's anywhere like it that would have an AGM and your chief exec and your chairman get away with no answering difficult questions just by making stupid fucking jokes and as you say some people lap it up and I, I, I sorry care about oh they made a wee joke about Rangers not getting penalties it's, it's ridiculous and I've said it before I'll say it again I'll say it until it happens Peter Lawwell should be anywhere near Celtic he's the, the, the cheek to when they were talking about the Green Brigade about the vice of figures like people are saying, I had the base figures in the place at the club, and I think somebody said on Twitter it was time for Lawwell to go then, and it's just it's a joke. Like, like I know they had their Hades Pals podcast live tweeting it and getting a sort of different view of things from what other people reported they held in the room, and I don't think that was any surprise in terms of the podcast. It was it appears to be having a hat piece on the Green Brigade every week now, but 
if they need to be back, I think the players and the manager must have got off that bus yesterday and seen the support and just wondered what the fuck's going on that this isn't sorted yet and then went inside and the ground's quieter inside than it is outside, which is incredible and what it's uh, it was just terrible the atmosphere yesterday and I know as Celtic went on chasing a winner you do get noise I'm not saying it's completely silent but it's just we just don't help ourselves and I say this again yesterday it's like as you say people talk about January but why why should we be excited about January what hope should we have that we're going to give the manager what he needs like we our best transfer windies have came like over the last sort of five six years have came when like it's the manager's first one like you look at Rogers first Transfer window, first time around it was brought in guys like Sinclair, Dembele, even Cole Toure. It, it just really improved the team. It was as if they gave him sort of free reign to bring his own players in. And then the same with Ange when he brought in guys like Kyogo and others that just instantly improved the team. Whereas ever since that, and Rogers didn't even seem to get that this time. He just seemed to get handed signings. And again, I'll say again, I think this what they need shined on the whole recruitment team, especially Mark Lawwell, because I, I don't think we've made a signing that's improved the team since he's been appointed head of recruitment. You no know, people will say, like, I'm not saying that every player's terrible, but people will say, like, Who, who's your highlights at that? Maybe Alistair Johnson. Like, fair enough, Alistair Johnson's a good enough player, I but say, I don't think... I say Palmer. Why would not have been that? I say Johnson and Palmer, as I say, they're good signings, but I, I agree with you, though, I say. Like, if you were to offer me... Jota and Juranovic, Danny, I, I don't think they're at that level yet. I think I would still have the other two. I agree, but I think Palmer's a good player. I left out that point I made earlier was when I was talking about the board trying to be better than Rangers, right? we 17 out of the last 21 trophies, right? All being well, it will be you know, 24, right? At the at the end of the season. Rangers after fuck us now. Like, you don't... I know it's an unprecedented, like, dimension King of the quadruple treble and that'll never be done again. But if you've got that much success, right, and no real challengers to that success, then you need to start thinking differently as a club. So, aye, it's unprecedented, it might never happen again. But we need to put, have put ourselves in a position. This board should have put us in a position where if we are going to win nine out of every ten leagues in one year, they'll get it right for a year. And then for the next five, six years, is saw Celtic again because that's what the norm is. That's just because it's unprecedented it that it can't become the norm. But year by year, we've let them creep closer and closer, and it's fucking. I don't get it. I just don't get it. And as you, apart from Johnson and Palmer, you're looking at players that are going to come in and like Yang. He's he's making really poor, but he's got something about him. He's just whether he's consistent enough, he probably be. But it's. Why is why is every signing a gamble? Do you know what I mean? Why why is every single signing now a gamble rather than like the money that we spent this summer? Just I gave Rogers that money to sign three players, and I guarantee you we'd be in a much position than we are now, and we'd probably have a few more points in the Champions League, and we'd probably be a treble. I I agree with you, Danny, and like you say, it's well, well that good domestically that at some point you would have expected them to really measure success on how we do in Europe, and it's. 20, we're 20 years now since Seville and as much as we're, we're dominating domestically as you say and there's only been that sort of one season we didn't but it's it's incredible that there's no really look to push it that's what it feels like it feels like 10-15 years ago we were still making these sort of one or two million uh, pound signings and we, we still seem to be doing that and obviously one or two million pounds is not worth what it was 15 years ago and that's 
looks like it's going to get you lesser players. But Andy, we, the three years have had our say on the AGM. What, have you got any thoughts on it or the board in general? I think he's a sort of bang on across across the board, to be honest. Yes, domestic, domestic and Europe for an extent. Celtic's biggest sort of obstacle was the people that run a club. I mean, for a fan point of view, like, there's people out there who support saying like that all they care about their hatred for Rangers is mere that means more to them than their love for Celtic and, and you can see that in the way they talk and all they care about is not being Rangers and no gone bust and one beating them as long as we're better than them as long as they're shite and we're good and that's all they're happy with and that's all they want and that sort of mentality allows the board to get away with what they get away with because we're, we're not run well like, we're so financially stable because the fans put so much fucking money into the club because they, they rinse us for fucking everything and fans give them it and came along with that as being the success that we've had. Tony, Tony said that a million and one times. The board's sort of had a shield in the, in, turn, in the shape of Ange and now in the shape of Rodgers. The success that the managers have brought us has really sort of shielded them for, for being called out. And I mean, that coupled with the fact that Rangers are just shite and never can really capitalise on any sort of mismanagement that, that we're getting for the top level. We say that, came back to fucking dialer days, like, we should have been in the position where we were strengthening and we were sort of moulding the club to compete in Europe and to be better than we are. I think it's really what people need to realise is that there is clubs of a similar size to us that do far better than us. And it comes down to investment. It comes down to, like, as somebody said, you're, you've got, there's so much money sitting in the bank and it's about spending it. And listen, you can't guarantee success with any signing, absolutely. But you're increasing your chances when you're when you're sort of spending bigger money on players. Like we can't just continually hope that we chuck a million pound at somebody and next within two years he's gone for twenty million. But as you say, we spent big money in Jota, we spent big money in Edward, and these guys performed. They performed to a high level and they moved on for a lot of money. Like they're gone there's there's obviously room and there's there'll always be room in the club for sort of low risk and high reward and spending a million here and there and projects and looking at guys like Telio and stuff and, and they might come good and I hope it is. There's always going to be room for that but there also has to be room for going out there and looking at and saying right who can we get that we know is good enough, has done it at a good level, has done it in Europe for a decent a decent club and can come and can come bring, bring, bring success to us and improve the squad. It's got to be about improving the squad and we've not done that. Very rarely if you take all the transfer windows in the last 10 years or whatever, very very rarely do we ever come out a transfer window stronger than we were in here? And that's down to the board. That's that's where that falls. Recruitment's hard and the, the managers have said it for long enough. It can be difficult, agents can be difficult, but we just never seem to be planning ahead. Everything we do is reactive. We're just never, ever proactive in any way, shape or form. But even when you go back to the days talking about to get through qualifiers and it was always about ah, if we get through this next qualifier the board will spend money because then they've guaranteed X amount and Y amount and th- that's that's just the state that they've put us in and they're really almost trying to condition fans to not ask for for more which we should be because we should perform better than we do the squad should be in a better state than it is there should be better quality able to come off that bench yesterday we shouldn't be consistently just fucking taking downs in Europe we shouldn't be gone 10 years without winning a home game in the Champions League. Like, these things shouldn't be happening. And that ultimately falls at the, with the board. And then even to step away from the finances, the way the board acts with fans is a fucking disgrace. Like, it's, 
I, I don't agree with what Danny was saying. I, I don't understand what it is that they're what, trying to achieve here. Like ultimately, if, if they want them, the Green Brigade in that section gone, then do it or get them back in because they're only hurting the club at this point. Um, I don't understand what it is that, that they're trying to achieve. And it's as I say, it, it's just complete mismanagement. It's, it's only going to impact us. There's been a lot said and the AGM itself is it's been like this for long enough. It puts me back in mind uh, when they were talking about I can't remember what player it was, but when Rangers were coming out and talking about a bid they had for somebody, but then Lawwell was out making jokes about Gary Hooper and bids for unnamed sources and all that. And it's all these wee quick jokes to appease certain fans who generally all they care about is not being Rangers and being better than Rangers and, and that'll appease them. But the fans have got to demand more. We've got to, we've we've got to look look beyond that. And stop allowing these. Like that, how that how that guy was allowed to come back to the club is a, is nothing short of a fucking disgrace. Somebody said earlier it was jobs for the boys and the and the reserves and the staff, and that's been the same for long enough as well. It's, it's constantly the same we cliques about, and it's constantly. I mean, even when you look back to certain signings, and people have been saying for long enough that's that's law stepping in, or that's Desmond stepping in, and it's always like that, and it's always going to be like that unless there's there's push for change. And I understand that sometimes people only get that sort of urge to go and, and to push for that when, when we're not performing and when we make an arse of things like we did for 10 in a row. But the best time for fans to do it is when, when success is there and push for more and push push the club to be better. And that's that's got to be ultimately what happens because otherwise we're, we'll be running circles. We'll be here in two or three years' time talking about a poor result at home and we'll be looking back and seeing the transfer window just wasn't good enough. We should have improved here. We need to be better in Europe for a club of our size. We should be better performing better. We'll be talking about penny pension. We'll be talking about not going, going into transfer windows and coming out weaker than we were in. We'll be talking about all the exact same stuff and saying the same things because it isn't the first time we've had this discussion. It's been going on for years and the fact that they've been allowed to get, get away with it for so long is it's just fucking mental to me. And it's it's just amazing the, the damage that the boulder continually do, and the whole thing going on at the minute with fans is just uh, it honestly astounds me. And I just I would love to hear what their real thoughts are as what they're trying to achieve at this point. I mean we've we've spoken about it, and also I'll not go back into it, but look, we know there's a lot of stuff they were saying, and they're leaking it out to their pals at certain papers, and they're having pals tweet live tweeting for their their AGM to try to sort of try and fit their narrative and it's it's just mental that a club like us is, is being ran in that way. It's honestly astounding and I think it's, it's probably a good thing that fans are wising up to it and seeing it but right, something needs to change in there because the, the board are nothing short of disgrace and, and they're, they're the biggest obstacle and if we do as that is saying it was Dan who was talking about there if it, when it does come that we do for fuck up domestically and we do make an asset, it's them that are to blame. There's, they, the blame lies at their door. At this point, if Rogers was to chuck it again and walk away, which if he's not getting the backing, you wouldn't blame him. Look, that blame lies with them. That, that's ultimately what it comes down to. And until they're gone, that's not going to change. Well, definitely, Tony, I think you're right to come back in before we move on to the Lazio game. What's your thoughts? I think you've seen some fans, obviously, the day and yesterday saying, oh, it's kind of overreaction to a draw and we're allowed to draw games. And that's fine. And But it's the same kind of stuff I remember hearing three years ago 
And by the time we'd done anything about it, we were 25 points behind and had lost the league title to Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale. So I don't think, it's not as if um, people are saying, oh, the Huns are world beaters and they're this great team. It's, it's nothing to do with them. I think we know what they are and know how poor they are. And we know, that, I mean, as I say, it's that opportunity of the day. They totally blew it. But I'm concerned by us. I just... There's certain no right, as, as we spoke about, the club's just not quite right now, and it hasn't been since since Postacoglu left, so I think we obviously, we need to get the fans back in, and we, we need improvements in January. Till then, I think we can obviously look to navigate the other fixtures, and hopefully we, the likes of Hitati, Abada, and Maida coming back, it'll give us a bit of a bit of space for when we play them. Hopefully, when we play them at the end of December, you're looking to go, as we said before, 10 or 11 clear, and that would that would probably be it. In terms of Europe, it's done. So, I, I, I mean, I think we're capable of beating Lazio, I just, but I don't think we will. I think we're capable of beating Feyenoord, and I don't think we will. I think, I think there's a very good possibility we'll finish on one point, and that's it's unfortunate, but it's just but we're not good enough for, for the Champions League. It's as simple as well, I don't know. I'm I'm slightly more optimistic about Tuesday. I know it seems incredible to be optimistic after yesterday, but I just think, as I said, teams like St Johnston, teams like Motherwell, it's when teams completely try and shut up shop against us. I feel we're struggling at the moment, and Lazio obviously would be you'd be expecting them to come out a lot more than these teams do. And the game at home against Lazio, I thought we more than matched them. I thought. Especially staying half, they looked like they were happy with a point and typical Celtic in Europe found a way to lose it. But I, I'm really optimistic. I know we're going to be struggling out in the wide positions with suspensions and injuries to Maeda and Luis Palma. But I, I don't know whether, whether that means that we can go there and get the two-goal win that we need to sort of keep our campaign alive. I don't know, but I, Danny, I'll bring you in. As I say, I don't know why, but I, I just I'm no filled with dread eh, for this game on Tuesday. Don't get me wrong, we may well go there and take another down like we did in Madrid, but sort of feel like it's a sort of shot to nothing and sort of I think well, as Tony said, a lot of people expect us to finish the group on one point now. I just feel like it's almost a free hit at this point. What's your thoughts on Tuesday? I do agree purely because we've already been humped six nothing and we really can't afford to take another down. It's bad for morale, it's bad for it's fucking worse for the club's reputation than any they talk they, they want to blame the Green Brigade for. We can't take an order and be on it and there's a chance that we can go through. And I know it's remote. I think we'll be doing it and doing it off time. <laughs> Same as with Lady Madrid. But I, I can't be a free hat. They need, to, they need to give the fans something in the Champions League because they've been really, really... They've been unlucky. The fans need something to cheer about in the Champions League and we need that one to get a win. It won a game, you can chalk up and say, look, we played well with some games or you know, we need to learn, blah blah blah. But if they don't win a game, then it's like what's the point of being there? We need we need to take the game to these teams. We need to win. We more than match like home. We should have beat them. But fucking it was cruel that we lost. Even drawn cruel on us, but it was even worse we get beat. But yeah, you've seen it coming a mile up. Um and they'll they'll be a lot better at home, I'd imagine we're we're a lot worse away. So all matches up for a, another long night in front of the telly, but I just want something to show for the Champions League. I just I think we we just the fans deserve something to celebrate after like these six games, and hopefully we, we get maybe no Tuesday night get it against Feyenoord. But as long as we're in the competition, we need to play as if we're 
he progressed the next round. Aye, you've, you've weighed my optimism, I'll no lie, it's, it's I went very, very slightly optimistic, but as you say, it might may well, uh, it will do a lot of damage if we do take another doing. Andy, what's your thoughts on it? I know Lazio lost 2-1 yesterday to Salernitana, it's obviously not a good weekend for them as well, but they'll be looking to dispatch us and keep keep up with Feyenoord as they two look to be the ones that are battling for second place, but yeah, any hope that Celtic might start the most unlikeliest uh, escape routes through this group? I would be surprised, I think. Oh, we've obviously been unlucky with injuries now and we're quite light in wide areas, I think one of these they said. But I mean, you, you never know. Like, as you say, they'll, they'll come out and obviously we'll be able to play a rain football and there'll be a bit more space in behind for guys like Kyogo to obviously make an impact. But I would be shocked if, if we could go out there and get a win. I know we've done it before when Lennon went and beat them 2 1, but I think just given the way the groups went and given how Europe's went, I think I'd be pretty surprised if we went and beat them. But it's a chance to go and put a decent performance in, I suppose. And that's what you've got to look at it and then obviously something to build on. For long enough, we've, we've said that we need to be smarter in Europe and wising up in Europe, and playing games is the best way to do that. So I would say it's one of them, the head and heart, both thinking different results, but. Hopefully we can go and get a positive result. I think even just not getting beat is something. But I'm, I'm interested to see how he lines up, to be entirely honest with you. I am. I'm not optimistic. I think I, I think I'm a bit like Tony. You can see there's sort of no picking up any more points in this group. I would be entirely shocked by it. But I'd, of course, love that man if we win one both games. Well, definitely. It's, it's four games and one point. It's hard to find positives. So hopefully we do get some through the last two games. I, I don't know. I think we have got a decent squad, but it's going to be big problems in the wide areas. I obviously, fully expect that Yang will play, and the fact is that it's probably going to come down to either James Forrest or Mikey Johnston that plays out in the other wing, and well, unless he goes three-five-two or moves Kyogo or somebody like that. But I don't know how it will go. I'm, I'm hopeful that I feel like we might get a draw. I don't know if, as I say, I don't know if we'll be able to go out and get the win and keep the campaign alive, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get beat, so I'll go first with predictions. I'm, I think it'll be two each, and I think that Kyogo and Matt O'Reilly will get our goals. Tony, you says we're going to finish on one point most likely, so what's your prediction? Are you going to go with a heart overhead, or are you going to predict a defeat? just going to go for 3-1 Lazio. I'm not even going to kid on and be optimistic, I just, I just don't see it. just don't see it. So, 3-1 Lazio. I think uh, Greg Taylor will get a goal. Well, that would maybe cheer Danny up. You, you're a big fan of Greg Taylor, even though it'll be a 3-1 defeat. What's your prediction, Danny, before we wrap up? <laughs> I'm not going to be optimistic, but I'm going to think Greg Taylor's going to score. <laughs> I, I think we are all glorious defeat. I think it'll be 3-2 in the end. There you go. I think we'll come back. We'll be 2 not under half time. We'll come back to two each. That's who will get a penalty for something fucking ridiculous. And they'll score. Billy will score it later on. Um, and I'll go. I think you. I just think you play Forest. I think you play Forest. But I would love. I would love him. If I can have four four two diamond. And we Owen Kyogo up front. We like Palman behind him, or even like home Bernardo probably. Almost suspended. Damn. So yes. So fuck him. I'd play the four four two diamond then. We home McGregor, O'Reilly and Bernardo in the middle and I would let the two up front cause a bit of damage but I, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a glorious defeat in Lazio but uh, at least they'll get to meet the Pope that's it, every positive and 
would they play Palma? We might get kicked out of the competition and not have to face match day six. But aye, there you go. A couple of down predictions there. I've went for a draw. Who knows what it will be? Let us know uh, whenever you listen. Let us know on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what you think the score's going to be. I know it's an early kickoff on Tuesday, so 5.45 kickoff. So make sure you're aware of that. Although you might be better tuning in at 8 o'clock and just seeing what the final result was. But we'll try and get an episode out after that. Aye, just uh, might, be, might be for the best, but we'll see. <laughs> Round your Tuesday now. But hey, as I say, I let us know what you think the score will be. Early kickoff, so maybe we'll put in such a positive performance that we'll be straight on after full time to discuss Celtic's fantastic 3 0 win. But now we'll probably be back at some point for the St Johnston game, eh, discussing the Lazio game and also previewing that one at McDermott Park next week. But cheers to everyone that took the time to listen. Eh, we appreciate it and hail, hail. Cheers. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.